0: This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, we'll buckle up because I'm gonna throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, this time through the career of one uh, very important band, group to us, and that is Massive Attack. Today I am again joined by one of our top contributors mr t t is for the buck master of the universe t book uh i bet you can guess why i'm very excited to talk about this today
1: i i think it's two things one i, I think it's one of your favorite groups well yes you are right
0: on uh but i am ex- really really excited to talk about massive attack because i think this subject is the quintessential subject topic for this show AOTB Mm. and here is why because Massive Attack is unique in so many ways uh, as a band as a group as an influencer it's beloved of course by us deep divers now you ask any (laughs) any uh, person that's not an absolute nerd connoisseur whatever label you want to give them in art or music and they're going to have no idea Idea who massive attack is now the beauty of this particular band is that they their veins run deep in the artistic communities and industry way way far just the music industry've you've, you've, I know if you 've never heard of massive attack, anybody out there I know you 've actually probably not if you 've never heard the name I know you 've heard the band's sound oh, music yeah. from a movie from a commercial something, and that is why it 's a perfect, perfect topic to help people understand why damn things matter these guys matter because they've always been on the fringe of what i would call universal commercial notoriety
1: yeah novo can i make one point here go ahead not to not to interrupt you sorry about that but i really you should go look at their imdb page and see how many different things they've been in film-wise. I haven't done IMDb, but I've, you know, obviously we do uh,
0: research for these episodes and the amount of collaboration and the amount of, yeah, so IMDb would just be films or TV and films. Uh, And so, yeah, they're, like I said, their veins are in deep in the artistic community, but they've never, they're an anomaly, right, Buck? Because they've never broken through i don't know how many times i've had this conversation with people it, it goes like this i'm like when people say oh i oh you're a big music lover novo uh, what are you into i'm like well you know i'll name some stuff and then i'll get to massive attack and they'll say some shit like oh, oh so you like metal i'm like well yes i love metal music but this is the complete opposite of metal just because their name sounds like a metal band doesn't mean it is metal they are well and we'll get to this a little later in the episode they're pioneers of trip-hop i mean their influence on music and art is everywhere and it's been like this through their inception in 1988 and we've seen it for decades and this is why they matter um they deserve to be a household name but for some reason they're they're not yet
1: yeah it's 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 odd, and like I said earlier, you, you've, you're, and you brought this up too, you, they've been featured in so many television shows and movies, and yeah, nobody they're, they're kind of like the Harry Nielsen of... Uh, Nielsen Schmielsen. Yeah, of the, <laughs> of the Electronica world, probably.
0: Nielsen Schmielsen. Okay, before we do our discussion, of course, you know what's to come. We need a little background. As I said previously, they were formed in 1988 by Robert 3D del Naja, or Naja. I apologize if I'm butchering the name. Uh, We'll probably just refer to him as 3D for the rest of the episode. There was also Adrian Thaws, which you may know him better as, Tricky. And Andrew Mushroom Vows, Grant Daddy G. Marshall. And they met through the parting collective called the Wild Bunch, one of the first actual sound systems in the UK. If you don't know what a sound system is, it's essentially a collective of musicians and artists and DJs and all these fucking people that are like-minded that get together and uh, they not only party in a literal sense, but they get together and try different, you know, musical outputs, artistic outputs, things like that. And these particular gentlemen got together and created Massive Attack. Now, Massive Attack, like, um, what's a good example? Probably like King Crimson. There has been a common denominator and that is 3D. 3D is the main DNA through every iteration of what Massive Attack has has started as and has become. A lot of uh, the original founding members have either come and gone and then come again, or they would uh, stay on the sidelines for years. And we'll talk about a good example of that is tricky. Some have left the band, quit and then come back. To, to stay again. And uh, the I would say the modern iteration of Massive Attack as a band is, of course, 3D, Daddy G, and to a lesser extent, I would even give uh, Tricky... I would say Tricky is back after... It's actually been 20 years. But what they did together uh, was amazing. So to your analogy, 3D is the Robert Fripp. Yes. This- he is the common denominator through their entire catalog. He would... I... You know, sometimes it depends on the band. Sometimes I hate saying there's a leader, uh, but this this one, yeah. he is the leader. He is the, the main driving force. Now, uh, though there has been a lot of guest vocalists and musicians there's ne- there's some that i do want to mention that have never become official members uh the biggest one is probably horace andy uh he's the um he's a vocalist that you've heard if you've heard a massive attack album you've heard him on almost every one except for probably the the modern um eps the contemporary eps uh, a perfect example of horace andy is from the single angel on mezzanine as well as to a lesser extent, I would also say uh, Sharon Nelson, and she is, though not an official member, she's been a guest vocalist on a lot of their albums. And we'll talk about female vo- female vocals are very important to Massive Attack sound. But you could hear Sharon Nelson's uh, vocals on Unfinished Symphony and a lot from their original LP, Blue Lines. And I um, kind of to your point, Buck, about like just look at their IMDb IMDb page. Uh, what I Studied more was their accolades. Mm. These motherfuckers have won so many things, and I am still flabbergasted that people, when when you say Massive Attack, they don't know exactly who it is. Because I was trying to think examples of like, no matter what culture, where you live in the world, if you say a certain thing, you're no. Ex- the Beatles is the easy, easiest example, right? Yeah. But the Beatles are so big. I would say. <laughs> the the example i came up with in my head is uh is like uh, fucking david hasselhoff like everybody like germans love david hasselhoff everybody in the world knows who david hasselhoff is the actor from baywatch things like that but they don't know massive attack i don't know why they have it crossed over into a, a household name but that's why we're talking about them today um i want to start with Blue Lines. Um, Blue Lines came out in uh, late 80s, 90s. Uh, the best way to talk about, obviously, Massive Attack is just to go through their discography, like we've done in other episodes. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm going to shut up for a minute and give the floor to Mr. Buck uh, to talk about maybe some of his favorite parts and things that really
1: stick out to him. Mr. Buck? Uh, so, Blue Lines. Um, you know, when I was when we were preparing for this, I went back and, and listened to this. This is probably still... One of my least favorites of theirs, actually. Uh, I couldn't (laughs) disagree with you. I I know. A lot of people love this. One thing I I, I recognized right away was, yeah, I could see that, you know, they're the pioneers of trip hop. One of them. And
0: we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're one of them. They're not my... I, I think you... Are a bigger fan of them than I am. I, I think I, I would, agree I have that, another yes. trip hop band that I love a little bit more than this. Fortis Head, if I had to guess, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely, actually. Um, but one thing I, I, I didn't, I, I guess I forgot, is how much they relied on kind of the hip hop ac- aspect in this. Um, in album. the first LP, sure, yeah, yeah. So there is a lot of like rapping. Uh, more uh this from tricky probably um than i I remember yeah in 3d to yeah yeah it's probably not aged as well as some of their other albums in my opinion but this (laughs) This i was getting a perfect
0: discussion i couldn't disagree more you go ahead take the
1: floor and then i I can't wait to talk about this (laughs) so like i I was just thinking unfinished symphony it just screams 90s to me like it's that that kind of like, you know, kind of that song that you would think would be in some technological from the 90s, like the net or something like that. Or the Matrix or yeah. Well, yeah. and Well, one of their songs was in the Matrix. Yeah. Which we can get to later. I think that's on not the next one, but the one after that album. But but yeah, I just it's kind of like going back in a time capsule of the early 90s. I could, oh man, I'm so glad we're talking about this. I couldn't disagree
0: more. Uh, I think blue lines is timeless. This is what I love about music and music history and musicology. We find things that are timeless that you can pick them up, listen to them at any time. Have a good example is, you know, dark side of the moon, some shit like that. Uh, and it's, it's still captivating, amazing. It's still, I think, uh, reflects so many different emotions and times and, just everything. I I absolutely love but Blue Lines well Blue Lines you know I have to full disclosure it's where you, I um, it's where I got my feet wet it was my first time it was my first time was this the
1: first Massive Attack was, album you yeah know? this is the very first Massive Attack album it I be, listened to and maybe that's the the difference here yours was Mezzanine
0: if I had to guess
1: yeah it was Mezzanine
0: see so there was something I don't know there's something about uh, Blue Lines that not only because it was the first thing I got into but uh, their sound is so pretty for lack of a better word on this album. I love the female vocals. I'm I've always been a sucker for female vocals. Safe from harm the very first track on this very first LP is my favorite song. By Massive Attack it has always been my favorite song. And there's something about it that is just magical. Um, also coming uh, I musically I in, my trade is drums and rhythmic um theory things like that and to learn that they got i i fell in love with the drums and everything like that from safe from harm but i learned later learned uh doing my research and definitely deep dive they took a sample from fucking billy cobham so he's the drummer for uh, miles davis mahu vishnu orchestra uh, which we also love at ndp um he a very, one of billy cobham's solo album spectrum and that's why those drums and those rhythm sections, bass lines sound just so fucking perfect. Uh, yeah, is there a little more emphasis on hip hop? Uh, sure. But I, I don't know. I think these the uh, talk about song structure uh, and uh, just coming out of the gates with this really high quality and standards. And, and, and it's, it's so cinematic. We talk about that in music a lot. And I don't think, you know, when we talk about fully realized worlds like Mad, Mad Max or something in film, I feel like this is the quintessential fully realized uh, world in terms of a soundscape.
1: Yeah, I would I would say like the opening track, "Safe From Harm, is is kind of automatically establishes their sound right away. And And I know that sounds weird. Yeah, it's a tone setter or it might sound, you know, pretty obvious, but sure. It, for you know, kind of coming on the scene and having a, that new kind of sound and kind of helping push a new genre, I think it's it's kind of a great. So, how would you describe
0: here. trip trip hop for any of the listeners out there that's never even heard of this subgenre of hip hop? What would you what how would you define trip hop?
1: You know, it's definitely got that UK influence, but for me, it's it's kind of a mashup between a little bit of hip hop a little bit of psychedelic in, in electronica it's it's not house music but it's it's definitely like chill uh kind of that uh, more
0: traditional song structure than just beats too we have we have we have bridges we have intros we have outros and there's a heavy emphasis on female vocals as well
1: oh yeah 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 and especially if you look around like and there and, and there's a lot of producers along the same lines too i i, I know that oh my god um, yes uh, uh neely hooper was on has this kind of his DNA all over a lot of this stuff, um, uh, especially with Massive Attack. But you you, you see that a lot too, um, and you see also some connections too with a lot of these trip hop bands. And we're going on a T Buck's tangent corner here.
0: Oh oh, T Buck's tangent corner. Okay, go. Okay, let's do this. Let's go. Come okay, on. The I'm, I'm, I'm not here. ready. I'm okay. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you see a lot of that even with uh, some of the movements. That you saw in rock especially like with radiohead i mean the porter the drummer for porter's head is now part of radiohead uh at least still in their touring and-, and some of the recording sessions so you see some of that influence being pushed a little bit on other genres from this trip hop uh you've seen god man how many songs i've been listening to lately um like in the past i would say five years are sampling from a lot of uh these trip hop musicians uh that one of the probably the most famous one I would I'd have to say is probably we'd wait until we get to where Porter's head.
0: I feel like so you're you're saying you're seeing a lot of trip hop music sampled now for like hip hop and other music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I haven't I feel like there was a renaissance maybe in the Mm, I want to say 2010s a little bit. I don't know. I just don't see it as much now as I saw it maybe 10 years ago and obviously during the 90s when it it was fucking huge.
1: Maybe not in the last few years, but like about five years ago, I felt like I was seeing some of that.
0: (laughs) Let's pull it back. Novo always pulls it back. Let's pull it back, and we're going to go to the second LP, and that is Protection. Now, I would say Protection, though, after subsequent listens, um, I have a new appreciation. Now, this is, just like you said, Blue Lines is probably your least favorite. I would say Protection is my least favorite. And we're starting to see, though, an evolution of their sound. It's almost like it's harder to describe, and feel free to chime in, Buck, if, if you can better explain this. Every single album though there is uh, a DNA that ties them together there they are absolutely different I, I actually encourage people to you know get on Spotify or something like that and do their best of uh, like yeah. this is massive attack and just hit just hit shuffle like at a party and mm-hmm. someone is I guarantee you someone's gonna be like, what's this fucking playlist? This is good. I really like this. Uh, you know, it's really, it's kind of all over the place and it, it'll just be Massive Attack the whole time. They're, they yeah. can be that sprawling and different. But there's something about, I think a lot of it is the mixing and the mastering if we're going to get real deep and how I think a Massive Attack sound sounds like Massive Attack. It comes from the editing, the mixing and the mastering.
1: Yeah, I would say that this album, I feel like, you know, how you said it, it's a little different. I felt like they were kind of spreading their wings a little bit, even though they kind of pioneered a sound. They they were kind of, you know, they've always pulled sounds from different genres, but I felt like they were doing that a little bit more in this one, especially there's a few tracks in here. There's more of a reggae kind of.
0: Karma sound. coma, And there, there's, there's a lot of good tracks. Um, I actually really like just the track Protection. Uh, we should talk about this, you know, so as we've already mentioned Uh, female vocals are a very important and emphasis and and a strong part and there's an emphasis to every massive attack album the trip hop and they are using uh, the female vocalist on protection is everything but the girl's tracy thorn and we all know what hit (laughs) everything but the girl has right does the deserts miss the rain t-buck they do they do i miss you (laughs) Like the deserts miss the... That's the fucking hit, if you haven't caught yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no. That's everything but the girl, if you didn't know that uh, <laughs> audience out there. That's Tracy Thorne, and she is prevalent throughout Protection.
1: Yeah, and I I was thinking about this the other night, too. Um, protection, especially. Um, again, like Protection sounds like it could be a zero seven. Um,
0: 7 Yeah, that lo-fi, down-tempo, mid-tempo... yeah i can see that i think it's the i think it's the sophomore slump you know as as amateur musicologists here at ndp that's what i like to call us anyways
1: well and i'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing i'm saying that maybe that some of this was an influence on other bands but it that's what i immediately thought like this could there's there's a lot of songs on here that you could listen to other bands and automatically be like that i can't remember the track of it but one of them could be a groove armada song Like it, it kind of has that feeling to it. I know protection kind of sounds like a zero seven song to me, but maybe, you know, that, that could show a little bit of their influence here, but yeah, I agree with you. This is, not my favorite
0: the more i listen to it the more i get into their catalog and listen to it over and over, and over again it, it i have a new appreciation for it yeah uh, but definitely not my favorite we should we should talk about a little bit of uh their contemporaries so this is uh this about the same time portis had put out uh dummy mm-hmm. and tricky went solo this is uh which talk about the history a little bit so tricky said i'm gonna do my own thing i'm gonna go solo and he put out his first lp no i I'm not sure if it's his first, but it was Max and Quay, very, very important LP. If you haven't heard it, Uh, and um, absolutely, and then there was a dub version of Protection called No Protection, which was done by Mad Professor. Uh, So there was a lot of experimentation, a lot of uh, I was, I was, I was astounded to see how much collaboration and people that again probably are not household names. A lot of deep dives, yeah or a deep cut type of musicians and artists, but how much they all kind of ran together in the same circles. And
1: and Mad Professor kind of in that underground sound, especially, you know, in the UK was, you know, really well known. Um, he's had a lot of collaborations with a lot of people. I, I do have this album actually. Like own it, own it, own it, like a physical yeah. copy. Let's just say uh, that a friend gave me some of that music.
0: i know exactly what friend you're talking about yeah and that is uh protection uh i think i would still give it a listen anybody out there that is probably only listen to mezzanine but that's a good segue to mezzanine which is their breakthrough album uh easily most people's favorite and that probably comes from we can start with god where to start we start with teardrop right
1: I, I definitely think this is the album where if if you've heard a massive attack song, it's definitely came. It's it's either been Teardrop or Angel.
0: Um, and this is again, we're using a different female vocalist. This this time, this is Elizabeth Frazier of Cactel Twins.
1: I had no idea that was her. Something I learned through this. I just had never looked that up. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really am I pronouncing that right, Cactel. I don't know how to pronounce it. Cacto Twins were big fans. You yeah. probably, again, another fucking band you probably never heard of, but we fucking love it over here. And uh, yeah, this is like, I was, a, I was a teenager. I remember seeing movies like Snatch and, you know, those kind of, at the time, underground movies. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, uh, and I, I was the first time I heard Angel and a lot of other stuff and this is a a teardrop is a perfect example of i guarantee you listeners out there you've probably heard massive attack um and you just didn't know it Uh, a good example of that is the uh i think it was fox tv show um house about the doctor and the opening credits was fucking teardrop
1: forgot about that yep
0: uh i don't know how many times people are like uh hey you know like they would ask me who that's from because they disliked the song, and then they would want me to like burn them a copy or something like that. Uh, when we used to actually burn CDs for people,
1: fuck. I mean, I've old. I, I still remember tapes, which ha- oddly have made a comeback. Probably not as much as it was, but like five years ago, I felt like a lot of I feel like a lot of indie bands and were releasing uh, cassette tapes, which I was like, seriously, like it, <laughs> okay, I can only- understand vinyl. <laughs> the, the only, only
0: cassette i remember owning as a kid was uh red hot chili peppers uh that lp they did without oh. Freshanti. it was like with uh that jane's addiction guitarist
1: oh yeah yeah
0: and uh it wasn't it, it was it was it was considered so we're doing a novo um tangent corner here now it, oh, was, uh, <laughs> it <laughs> was uh it was uh I forgot his name but yeah the J- uh, Jane's addictions lead guitarist uh, played for uh, Chili Peppers for a while they put on an album wasn't well received. I still fucking liked it. I really like that album. Um, and a lot of their other discography, but uh, for Shanti of course is is the main guy for that group. Um, uh, but anyways, going back to ma- Mezzanine, I would say Oh, Angel.
1: I am not done with this. I'm not done with this. You're uh, not done with this? Uh, <laughs> okay. I remember my first cassettes. Okay, go. Okay. I had a I had a cassette player I got when I was like 6 and my mom I remember I got it for Christmas and it had a light. Amazing. <laughs> Uh I had I remember state my state of the art. art. I'm going to I'm going to name him because I I just I'm getting flooded with flashbacks right now. Um my first cassette, my first cassette tape. New Kids on the Block.
0: Oh yeah. All right, sing a little bit of it. And then oh, <laughs> i am just I like to put Buck on. It.
1: Second cassette tape my aunt got me. Okay. I remember getting a Kid Cross I'm begging for a Kid Cross cassette tape. Kid Cross. And then and then my first CD cuz my dad bought a CD player and he he do you remember Columbia House?
0: Mm, a little bit.
1: So it was like okay so so kids back in the day you could get this like magazine and basically sign up for oh, a club yeah. and they would send okay. you a shit ton of CDs and you it was would, like dirt cheap, right? Well, you know, they got you in the end. Um it was a subscription <laughs> thing, but uh, I picked Color Me Bad and uh, probably not the greatest uh, CD for a six-year-old, but they were big at the time, and I'm done. (laughs) Well, actually, that makes me think of uh, not
0: uh, what you said, not the best music for a six-year-old. I remember convincing my mom to buy me Nine Inch Nails, a Downward Spiral on CD, not on tape. But Yeah,
1: you, yeah, you were way more. I remember
0: type. being a kid and and hearing that I want to fuck you like an animal and like showing my friends that and sure. thought I was the coolest kid on the planet because I had I had this album where, uh, you know, not only does he cuss, but he says that in the chorus.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I rem- So I grew up in a very conservative community and I got in trouble from. Not my parents, but another kid's parents for watching MTV. and that was I vividly remember watching that music video, which is kind of disturbing, yeah, i it, I think it's amazing. I love that fucking video, and Weird Al made a great polka. <laughs> cover of it
0: well it was actually this is famous because he said it was it was not a song parody it was a style parody because he had never done industrial music so it's actually not based on any song by nine inch nails just the style the song's completely original actually little fun fact for all you guys um let's bring it back to mezzanine i think (laughs) we don't have all the time in the world let's bring it back to mezzanine uh the first track on the album is angel that's easily god what another tone setter Just like I say from Harm, I love this is my favorite song on the album. Uh, Hands down is Angel. Again, this is Horace Andy uh, doing Mm -hmm. the vocals for this. Um, None of the original members, you know, 3D or any of those guys are doing it. There's just something there's just it's a little more rock uh, heavy. Yeah. But it still again, has that massive attack DNA again from the mixing and mastering. And it's just so powerful. I mean, it just blows you away.
1: I think the whole this is I I feel like they're their first real true complete album. You may disagree with that. But you know, <laughs> fact, Blue like, lines, going, man. Come on. Uh, well, no, I, I understand. But this one felt like tweet it, at us. It, who thinks it's who? Who thinks is the best? It'll probably be mezzanine.
0: Fuck. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like this is this is definitely where they they kind of he, he definitely honed in on his sound and what he wanted the album to be. Fully and realized worlds again, right? Fully realized concept concept from beginning and end. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss Blue Lines or anything like that. I just, I feel like this is more of a like a nine course meal or five course meal or something <laughs> like that, rather than going to Taco Bell and, and Wendy's and. <laughs> well said that's well that's my that's my analogy for the day there you go and it has i mean okay angel is a great
0: tune but it has other great tunes let's go through i'm not uh, this isn't a full album review we may actually do mezzanine one day but i'm gonna go real quick instead of spending a whole 30 minutes to an hour just on mezzanine uh so we have track number two's rising sun which uh, was another single an amazing tune that one's a little more traditional uh, yes. massive attack yeah. of course we already talked about teardrop i absolutely love inertia creeps and then when we get to exchange we're starting to see that down tempo protection you know you used zero seven kind of uh example or analogy and we're seeing that with dissolved girl man next door black milk of course the track mezzanine group four and exchange
1: dissolved girl gets a little metal it has a little metal you think so
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: about midway through yeah when i was
0: doing the uh when i when i was doing the research for this i learned that dissolved girl has a different version somewhere else oh really reworked the song for this album yeah, so I need to do some more digging to find the other version of Dissolved Girl. I think it was another soundtrack thing. Like,
1: yeah, I just think of Keanu Reeves just like kind of asleep on his desks and and, <laughs> and, and then Morpheus contacts him. So, anyway. hey, that was
0: I. I uh, of our generation, that was our Star Wars. I fucking love and Mass- uh, the Matrix.
1: Um, the first one, yeah. the 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 last two, I thought they they kind of. I would have been fine if it was one, like a single film. It's kind of like Blade. I, I wish. Actually, I I like the Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I like that. The people. second
0: one was Guillermo, Guillermo, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm you know, and I'm, it was scarier. And then, like the puppetry and stuff, the the effects. Well, yeah, you could see a lot of his. Um, yeah, oh yeah, because I just love his style. Like especially in the opening scene where you got the like vampire ninjas and they've got that <laughs> the big like ninjas. kind of yeah the best the best thing ever <laughs> in life is vampire ninjas. Anyway, but okay we 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 probably could, should keep the ball rolling because now blade no no no. this, is, this is part Mo. of the charm yeah. of the show is our tangent, class. yeah, but I mean, I feel like there was uh, there's probably a massive attack song in blade or something like that too
0: actually, okay, I'm gonna do a pre gym of the week gym of the week, and yeah uh, there was so yeah there's there's a lot of massive attack songs I learned in these soundtracks when soundtracks were. When they would actually commission bands to make um, to make songs just for the soundtrack, we don't do that mm-hmm. anymore, right? Not as and much. My favorite no. one is um, to do another Radiohead reference. My favorite one is not a Massive Attack song. It's actually the tune they made for Romeo and Juliet, and uh, that da 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 The name is eluding me right now, but. <laughs> Let me pull it back. The Novo pulling back time. So that that was uh, Mezzanine. Again, we probably needed to do an entire episode on just Mezzanine. It's that powerful of an album. Yeah. Uh, to move on into their career, we are moving on to a time where 3D, um, again, as the common denominator, really took the reins here because the other... Uh, at this point, it was really only Daddy G that was left. Uh, Vals had left. And of course, Tricky had left from Protection Days, so we're really left with 3D to continue uh, the uh, the music making. And again, this is another one that is uh, I wouldn't say controversial. It's it's often debated as it should have just been maybe a 3D solo album. I I, I love a hundredth window. I think it's actually my sec- second favorite one.
1: I. <laughs> It's funny bringing it up. It's actually my favorite.
0: Okay, I thought mezzanine was no. No,
1: that was the first one I listened to. Oh, okay, that's Attack. where you, yeah. No, this is this is definitely the uh, another analogy here. This is the Zeitgeist. Uh, you think so? <laughs> of of the uh, yeah yeah. If if we're comparing Smashing Pumpkins albums a little bit to uh, Massive Attack, but I okay I that did... Zeitgeist.
0: Okay, you're talking about the album Zeitgeist. Yeah, Smashing sorry. Pumpkins.
1: Yeah, yeah, sorry, but I don't think zeitgeist was that great of an album
0: anyway i uh, no. i if we're gonna go on a little tangent about uh pumpkins i really feel like i haven't heard anything from god there was only there only had a couple albums after um melancholy and i think two albums after that i forgot the name but that was pretty much it There was me. like
1: a door and
0: where they would wear you know where they had the image where they're like all in black leather and stuff like well, that. I, they're I... a little gothy looking i actually liked and it was like electronica i actually like
1: that oh, shit yeah i forgot about it wasn't that a door yeah that was a door you got it that was exactly it i like this shit sorry sorry well no i i think it went to their head a little bit i think because melancholy and the infinite sadness was such a huge album for the and me's time. Time dream oh, my god yeah but their early stuff they were oh man that talk about a great band like early on that set gish a, a is time. yeah gish is probably one of my favorites of all time but
0: just to pull it so let's pull it back to the analogy of a hundredth window yeah. uh or the comparison there so what uh yeah elaborate G- give it to me
1: oh no i i don't know this was a and maybe this is personally like so i i really got into trip hop like probably 10 years after it was at its peak so kind of that 2005 to 2008 range. And I I listened to this album a lot when I was doing field research. Um, And that's maybe why I like it so much, but um, there's a sound to it that I I really enjoy. Uh, Sinead O'Connor, Sinead O'Connor did the vocals. Yep. Fun fact: um, I was not allowed to listen to Sinead O'Connor music for a long time because she tore up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, so that was in my household. That was like your
0: family didn't let you because she did that.
1: Yeah. I also they also Uh took away my copy of Grand Theft Auto Three because it was condemned by the catholic church
0: just to pull it back again it was mainly 3d (laughs) and Sinead o'connor through the whole album uh my my favorites yeah standouts are the very first track future proof and the very last track anti-star i i would say anti-star is in my top five favorite massive attack songs of all time
1: yeah i really like what your soul sings and i know that's not even a hit but i've always just kind of liked that song
0: it's emotional it's it's strong and it's one of those tunes you 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 don't want to hear with anybody else, right? You want to hear it by yourself because you go into a world in your head, right?
1: Yeah, but Small Time Shot Away is probably my favorite one on this album.
0: Small Time Shot Away is great. I love Small Time Shot Away. Uh, Some of the other tracks I want to talk about is Every Win, Special Cases, Butterfly Caught, A Prayer for England, and Name Taken. Again, um, I should say this, Horace Andy did uh, spring up again he is again he's kind of the unofficial member of Massive Attack and he did a lot of vocals here as well so I shouldn't say it's just 3 and Sinead O'Connor Horace Andy did did lend his very unique vocals I, I actually I, I don't mind going down a little rabbit hole about his vocals he has such a you know when you hear someone and you know it's it's them immediately Bowie is a perfect example of that Horace Andy has that kind of a vocal temper.
1: yeah I, I see that yeah
0: I don't want to god we could probably we could spend so much time on this i don't want to spend a ton of time on this because there's so much more i want to talk about in massive attacks career is there anything you want to touch on before i move on
1: i think this is maybe a little bit of an end of an era a little bit with the end of yeah i think that's a
0: good point because and and i'll talk about this in the history of their career uh we go through a weird time the next era is them doing scoring film yeah. scoring and it never really lands
1: yeah no i and you know, like you said too this one was kind of mixed it but i feel like this was a transition period i i don't think they really it, nothing really ever met up to, to the uh i the think first four the first four yeah albums i i i, I
0: um just like protection or i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit with heligoland to that lp i I think it has aged well, and it's one of those... um, They've always been a little ahead of their time since they fucking designed their own uh sub of music uh they were again with Heligoland, and not a lot of people liked it and now i i urge people if they are massive attack fans out there to listen to it again give it another try give it sub- you know multiple tries and i think you'll really come away happy paradise circus is probably the one yeah and that's uh more deep cuts is that's if there's any mazzy sar fans out there that's that's her that's hope sandoval uh lead vocalist of Mazzy star doing that she's she's on she's kind of been the main vo- female vocalist from that era on but before we get there we do need to talk about oh uh, yeah this is a transition period we're seeing 3d go solo some more uh and uh he's doing film scoring and unlike you know the trent Reznors, Attica, atticus ross's Uh, 3D, I I would say, is not quite... It is good, and it's very Massive Attack sounding, but it does not quite connect like them making a self-contained album and and we're seeing a movement a little bit away from trip hop i do want to say this before we move on is they hated that they hated being labeled as trip hop pioneers because they didn't want to be put into a box because their sound is so eclectic and diverse and i would like i said in my example of these guys like if you just put their album catalog and put it on shuffle it will sound like 50 different bands oh, from yeah. song yeah. to song oh, yeah. and um and i think that's sort of beauty though too and i but i would i would disagree with their um cr- them taking it as a criticism because i don't you can't be put into a box if you're pioneering a brand new sound so i think they it should have they should really wear it like a badge of honor because they weren't put into a box of this is this this is that sound the the critics said you created the sound so I think it's more of a compliment than they realize.
1: I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think you know it's it, they're a complex group, a band, like yes. you said. It, you you listen to you you put their song their I I love that analogy. You you put put all their discography, all their their catalog on shuffle, and it sounds like you're listening to fifty different bands. But I I think I also really um, admire bands like that because um, they take risks. There's an evolution. They take risks, absolutely. You you don't have to be boxed into you you know. I, I to me the the greatest example is Jimmy Buffett, who who I hate with a passion. Um, <laughs> I hate with a passion because every song he makes sounds it's it's the same song, and people go ape shit over it. And the guy, you know, I'll give it to him. He's rolling in the money. You know, people like that kind of sound i
0: you know what on that note i would say uh a much more respected example is acdc i feel like every single acdc song sounds exactly the same and it's by design and people love it
1: i think they didn't they just come out with a new album
0: oh i'm not a i'm a back in black (laughs) okay i think they did and i listen i don't
1: oh no that was alice i'm sorry i i just heard the other day alice Alice Cooper cooper has a new album out and it was again he I I listened to like a couple tracks from it. Um, And again, it was like, yeah, this this sounds like Alice Cooper. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It's Alice Cooper again.
0: So just to pull it back. So yes, we're seeing this era of 3D do these film scoring. It doesn't quite land. Um, Just to go through a few of them real quick. Danny, the dog, bullet boy, and prison my whole life. Battle in Seattle and Trouble the Water. And then they pull it back in. Uh, And uh, some uh, original members come back to make Heligoland, the the album I was just talking about. And this was their last actual, their last LP before they went into a weird era of just making EPs and random collabs. Um, And again, I like Heligoland uh, and... They are staying true to their collaboration with more underground musicians. Um, I'm a big TV on the radio fan. I'm going to butcher the lead singer's name, so I'm not going to even say it. But he is the main vocalist throughout the album. And of course, like I said, Massey stars Hope Sandoval. Let's talk about Heligoland a little bit. Some things that really stick out uh, to me, of course, is Paradise Circus. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're single. It's an absolute gem of a song. I love... Um, I love when they use string arrangements in their pieces, like yeah. in a symphony. It sounds, it's just, uh, it's just, it's so moving. It's just so emotional. So moving. So it's, it's amazing. Um, something that's a little more rhythmic, um, that I think is an absolute masterpiece too is girl. I love you. And, um, there is a lot that I think on their, on their own fall a little flat, but again, is it their best work? Not necessarily, but I think in the context of the album, listen to it from beginning to end. I think it, it does, like I said, aged. Well, I, after listen to it again multiple times, I, I've really kind of grown to like it a, a lot more.
1: It's all right, yeah. I I haven't listened through fully until this week. It had it had been at least over ten years um, since I i listened to it. I remember being very excited about this when it came out.
0: Yep, I remember. I remember. I think you told me about it before I had even realized it was released. It was one of yeah, those. Yeah, you're like I, novo novo. Like, did you know a new Massive Attack album's out? And I was like, no, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think Paradise Circus was the single they released, and I I liked it quite a bit. And I was like, oh, I like, I kind of like this direction. And then I listened to the rest of the album, and it, it just didn't hit.
0: Yeah, it just didn't. It doesn't land as lo, as much as their other stuff. But I should make a, a point that um, so TV on the Radio's lead singer was a prominent uh, vocalist on the album as Starr, star, as I said, but also Damon Albarn. And ah,
1: I did not know this.
0: Yeah, this is another one of those. If you just saw that, if you don't, if you don't study this stuff like we do, you would have no I've no idea who that is, and that is the lead everything vocalist, writer, multi instrumentalist for the Gorillas. That's and, fucking Damon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's and also um, everybody knows
0: the Gorillas. I feel like that's another example of what a household name. Blur, and Blur before he, that, Megan yeah. Blur, blur before I mean,
1: Blur was a is Blur a is place. less of a
0: household name though. You yeah, know, but they had they had some they not had like Gorillas kids. and like blur. Clint Eastwood <laughs> and that son. Yeah, when I feel heavy metal. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably their biggest hit. If I can,
1: coffee and TV is another great song from them.
0: But Gorillaz has Dare or Clint East. I mean, oh yeah, people, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. people in fucking Japan know the Gorilla. Oh yeah, Gorillaz. Great,
1: great. Actually, you know, even though it's a little poppy, I, I love the Gorillaz. I, I love it. I, I think it's a great concept. I thought it's and big... it took off. you oh, know? Yeah. like the yeah. the fake
0: animated band. That is played to be a real band. Kind of um, like I, I do, like I said at the beginning of the intro, I do like metal. I have very eclectic tastes. And I even like Death Clock. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a deep cut, and that's an animated <laughs> metal band.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I missed it. I missed really Death
0: it. Death miss you're Clock. the
1: one that told me about that. And I, I yeah, it's been a while since. Well,
0: I am of, of, our, of our family here. I would say I'm the biggest metal fan of everybody here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. You, you can but then I also like, up. you know, I also like kind
0: of blue by Miles davis i feel like i i talk about not wanting to be put in a box so uh heligoland uh, yes at least listen to the singles if you're not gonna listen to the album uh paradise circus things like that it's absolute uh at least the singles really land and then we have this weird era of not film scoring but eps which um i i really like and this is this is the return of tricky too after 20 fucking years tricky came back and said all right let's write music again together and we got ritual spirit and the spoils and i really i honestly as much as they were put out separately just listen to them together it's an album it's an lp if you just listen to all yeah. the tracks together, and then we saw we start started seeing random collaborations with. Um, we also like rap and regular hip hop here at NDP, and I love Run the Jewels, absolutely love them. LP two, uh, LP two, all the way. Uh, LP four was pretty good too, but they did like. Do you remember this shit? They did like meow the jewels, meow the, the they jewels. Had, they made a, they a massive album. attack
1: remix, remix. <laughs> run the jewels albums with cat sounds and cat themes. And it, it was just like bonkers. I was like, one of my favorite music videos ever too. Um, from now the jewels, it's <laughs> basically. The jewels. Yeah. I, I can't remember what song I think it was maybe. Oh my darling or something. Or Don't meow or whatever it was called. But it, they basically put cats into a set that looked, it was like a miniature city and it made them look like they oh were like attacking God. the city. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> amazing. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: so uh, check out Meow the jewels and you'll,
1: I don't, I don't know Meow how the jewels feel. is fantastic. I love it. And then that's <laughs> why I love run the jewels. They just don't. Care I love run the jewels. Yeah.
0: LP killer Mike all the way LP two, Uh, and then just, I'm not even sure if you know this, uh, T buck is, uh, they put out, like some political music and stuff called utopia did you no, know that I just like know that. it was just i don't you can't get it you can't find it on like streaming sites or oh. you can't buy it you can only watch i think like youtube versions of it because there's like a political stint to the message uh oh, what yeah. they wanted to and that's actually a good segue to um throughout their entire career these guys in more specifically 3d have been political activists oh my god like researching this episode these guys have done fucking everything under the sun you can think of to try to help out everybody the the minorities the the less privileged the the poor i mean these guys have gone out of their fucking way to uh, try to stop systemic political power and violence on everything you hate in politics these guys have tried to fight
1: yeah that's cool i i, I don't know much about their political activism as much um yeah i think it, it just goes again the show that these these guys have had their imprint on a lot of everything everything yeah you have the artists that do it the right way or do it poorly and and uh I think that the fact that there hasn't been like a ton of a huge ton of controversy surrounding them is is
0: well, I wasn't going to bring this up, but yeah, 3D was um, he was uh, there was allegations of child pornography
1: that he oh, owned. or
0: I don't know. I how. did not know about this. Yeah, I um, again, knew my research for this episode, I learned that. Uh, but there's a happy ending. So for some reason, he was connected with child pornography, but all the um, everything was dropped because it was uncircumstantial and that they they learned it wasn't it wasn't really his or it wasn't a part of his yeah uh, belongings or owned items. It somehow was connected to him. It wasn't quite clear in how I researched this. How he got connected to this, but the most important part is that uh he was cleared of any wrongdoing, and it wasn't his. Something you, like you that. You
1: almost took a weird Jared Fogle.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was. Uh, There's a happy I, I did, ending to this. So that. yeah, yeah. It was. I believe it was during their hundredth window touring day, something like that. Hmm, but cool. uh so yeah, but overall, they have stayed out of any those limelines that they didn't want to be into and really stand up for. Uh, things they believed in, and I, I, you know, Buck, take us home. What, why? They deserve to be household names.
1: Well, I, I think, you know, kind of rounding things out and kind of summarizing what we've talked about is just their influence on, on music, not only establishing a genre, but like establishing a lot of other artists out there and kind of changing, you know, a little bit of what we would um, classify as um, electronic music. they were one of the first pioneers that really brought in the hip-hop element, and I think that's important because you've seen that, you know, throughout. And, like, the last kind of rise of electronic music, you saw that kind of creeping into some of the elements of that and pop. And um, I think it always starts with these kind of underground musicians you don't really hear about, but they lay the the foundation and the groundwork for others to come, and, and they're definitely one of them.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And there you have it the career of one massive attack in a very uh streamlined outlined kind of way we, we didn't but go on
1: any tangents
0: whatsoever we didn't do any tangents no we, we stayed hour. on copy we stayed it stayed on it perfectly and but i think everyone got the message yeah these guys matter uh they really matter and if you haven't Really, truly check them out besides some of the, the you know, just the singles that have become famous. Please do yourself a musical favor and dig really deep. Again, thank you so much for listening. But before we go, we got a little extra, a little icing on the on the cake here in what we call the gym of the week. Something sometimes we like to talk about stuff that doesn't quite connect to the episode, but we like to talk about it and give you a little extra before we go. My gym of the week is it's very, very, very um, thinly connected to Massive Attack. So as I said in the uh, discussion section of the episode, Massive Attack. They did a lot of weird one off, you know, wrote a single for a movie or something like that. And I learned that they actually wrote a a piece for the very first album I ever bought as a kid. And that was the CD version of um, Batman's um, the soundtrack to Batman's Batman Forever, uh, the Val Kilmer one. And uh, I still love that fucking um, soundtrack to this day. And Matt, there's a Massive Attack song on there, and I did—I never talk about not knowing who they were a long time ago. I had no idea until I was researching for this episode. So check that out if you haven't done so already. And uh, T Buck, what's yours?
1: Well, that—that that was heartwarming. That's like a kiss from a rose from the grave.
0: I love that fucking song.
1: That—that was—it's
0: uh... a good song. Seal, come on, Seal. We all love Seal. Yeah. That was actually
1: my parents love that album. I got that.
0: Okay. I want to say the other one. So I bought two albums when I had like my own money. That one was one. So Batman forever. And then, uh, remember, um, the offspring, uh, the album was called bad habit and, (laughs) um, and talk about another album that like cussed in like the beginning of it. Oh Uh, man. And, uh, I think, I think I still remember it. It's like, you still bet dumb shit. God damn motherfucker. Da, 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 da. And, uh, yeah, about a deep cut. Uh, and those are my two first albums of all, of, you of, rebel. of all time that I bought myself. That is. So
1: you had a parental advisory notice on yep. your album. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's yours?
1: So I, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to kind of stick with the trip hop um okay what i originally thought the genre a little bit uh check out album by uncle oh yeah
0: is this uh it's not science fiction that's i, I think i'm just thinking the my favorite one
1: yeah I, i'm thinking well I, I would say the first couple by like by rabbit uncle. in your headlights that rabbit that in that your uncle headlights uncle. and things but another kind of a trip hop uh, venture. Um, again, it's similar where it's, it's one guy that kind of led the direction of it, but, uh, definitely check out the first couple albums. Uh, a lot of good collabs, uh, especially the one with, uh, is science fiction, the one with DJ shadow. I think it is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, so. oh, yeah. Science fiction was like the big one. Yeah. And that's where I, I stumbled upon uncle and that's, yeah, well that's definitely rabbit in your headlights with yeah. Tom York doing the vocals for that. Yeah, so, um, that, that was a good gem. Uh, I like it. Uncle, uh, if, and so we appreciate you guys for listening. If you like that, you can always follow us on all of our socials uh, at underscore Novo underscore day and at novo day media. And you can check us out on our website, novodayproductions.com, where you can um, see some of our stuff that includes novels like the entropy sessions, adulteration and post meridium and much more to come and some other products that we have on the horizon. But until then, Just be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash AcoMusic123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice. J-E-S-T-U-S of thejusticecompany.com and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.